This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I am your host, Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind the Steelcurtain.com, and this is an exciting show for a lot of reasons. And no, it's not just because it's another show. It is because the Pittsburgh Steelers regular season officially kicks off this Sunday when they travel to Orchard Park, New York to play the Buffalo Bills in week one football action. I am so excited, so stoked, as they say here where I am at the at the beach. I am really, really excited for this upcoming game. And one of the things that I wanted to start the show off with today was how kind of disappointing this lead-up has been to this game. I feel that this T.J. Watt nonsense... Now, when this is being recorded, T.J. Watt had not has not yet signed his contract. And I'm starting to believe that maybe he won't sign his contract and that he's going to basically say, all right, Steelers, you don't want to pay me I'll play this year on the fifth-year option, and guess what? This offseason, you're going to owe me even more. I'll bet on myself. I kind of feel like that's how it's going to go. And the Steelers are willing to take that risk, obviously, unless something happens at the very last hour. But if you're listening to this, and he's already signed a deal, it doesn't matter. Based on the fact that even if he does sign his contract, I am so disappointed that this whole negotiation, this whole fiasco, and yeah, I think it's a fiasco, has taken away from what could be a really good football game this Sunday against the Bills and the Steelers, two AFC powerhouse teams. I know there's a lot of Steelers fans that are just kind of down in the dumps with the team. They don't think they're going to be any good. They see this whole negotiation between Watt and the organization as a kind of a downer. They, they kind of, It's like a cloud hanging over the fan base. I understand those feelings. I understand those thoughts. The one thing I can't get out of my head, though, is how I'm just sick and tired of this news. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the T.J. Watt negotiations based on the fact that there is a football game to be played, and no one is really talking about it, not from the Steelers' standpoint. Everyone's talking about T.J. Watt. Ben Roethlisberger's talking about it. He's having to answer questions about it. Cam Hayward's having to answer questions about it. Mike Tomlin's having to answer questions about it. Very few people are talking about what this, the Bills' defense is going to do when the Steelers have the ball or how they're going to try and stop Stephon Diggs or what about Josh Allen and his mobility. Uh, no one is talking about this stuff. Everyone's enamored with the Watt negotiations. I understand why. It's just frustrating for me. So I'm not going to talk about this today. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about what the Steelers have to do to win this football game this Sunday what they have to do to win the game this Sunday. And then in the second half of this show, Coach Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark, Michael Beck, will be joining me. We're going to be doing our game picks. We're going to pick the Steelers game, as well as uh, we're going to also pick some other games in the NFL. Maybe we'll just do the Steelers game. I'm not sure. But we're going to give you picks. Make sure you stay tuned. Don't leave early. Don't leave early. You want to miss, you want to get all this episode. 
Before I go any further, though, I want to make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. It's updated every single day, multiple times a day. You have everything that you could want, fantasy football advice, breaking latest news, commentary, film rooms, you name it, we have it at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do on that platform so that you don't miss a thing. That's not just my Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but it's the live mic on Tuesday morning, the Stat Geek on Thursday, our whole new lineup on at noon. My gosh, we have the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict, Maddie Peverell's The War Room, which is not a new show, but it's it's one of those lineups. It's, it's on that lineup. We have uh, the Fantasy Football Fix with Jeremy Betts, what Ian's talking about, as well as the Ohioans uh, and the Steelers Power Half Hour, and all of our afternoon shows remain the same. So make sure you check it out. You don't want to miss a stinking thing i'm amped up i'm excited for this game this sunday and let's talk about it the the focus of this show is going to be what the steelers have to do to beat the bills in week one you know i I write an article that runs every friday unless the game is played on thursday and it's the expert picks i go online i look at some predominant websites we're talking about like usa today the sporting news cbs sports espn and i get a feel for what the experts are thinking about this game and they are really heavy on the Bills. And I understand why. I get it. I understand why. Uh, the Bills are, a lot of people have them to be in the AFC Championship game this year, if not maybe even being the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. So with with that being the preseason narrative surrounding that team, it's going to be a difficult test for the Steelers to go in there on the road and beat the Bills. Not saying that I'm picking them to win. I'm not saying who. You have to listen to the second half for that. But here's what the Steelers, in my opinion, have to do to beat the Bills in Week 1. I'm going to break it down on offense and defense. Three keys for both sides of the ball. Three keys for both. And let's start. Why? Offense. Why? I have a Ben Roethlisberger fan. I've always leaned towards the offensive side of the football. So I'm going to start on offense. Number one, it's obvious. It's probably... These aren't in any particular order, but if I had to rank them, it would be number one, and that is run the football. I guarantee if you ask any random Steeler fan, hey, what do you think the Steelers need to do better to win in week one? They'd probably say the same thing. We got to run the ball. The Steelers were dead last last season. We know this. Yards per carry, yards per game, that's awful. You draft Najee Harris. You kind of rebuild the offensive line. You bring in a new coordinator, new offensive line coach. It's The rubber meets the road on Sunday. It's, it's, you know, crap or get off the pot. We'll put it that way. Now's the time for the Steelers to really show that Adrian Clem's aggressive nature, Matt Canada's creativity, Najee Harris's skill set, and even though they're young and they have some new faces on that offensive line, if there's one thing they should be able to do, it is run the football more effectively than they did in the last season, season and a half with Randy Feetner at the helm this goes beyond just giving them balance i always talk about balance offensively and how important that is but it helps them control the clock it helps them dictate the way the game is going to be played i mean it's been a long time since we've seen the steelers you know ben roethlisberger under center hands it off to the running back the running back gets three yards second down steelers run it again they get four yards and then maybe they set up a third and three where they can run it again if they want It's been a while, but I feel like this offense is shaping up to be just that. So that's number one, run the football. Number two, the Steelers' offense needs to convert in crucial situations. Can't say it enough. They need to convert in crucial situations. We're talking third downs and especially in the red zone. I love Chris Boswell. I don't want to see him kicking field goals. I want to see him kicking extra points. If they can 
score touchdowns and not field goals. And you're probably listening, well, Jeff, that's a very elementary thing to say about the game of football. Sometimes football is an elementary game. Convert in the red zone. You get down inside the 20, put six instead of three on the board. That can be the difference between a win and a loss. So that's number two on my list. The third is they have to weather the early storm. I would expect if the Buffalo Bills win the toss, they're going to defer to the second half. It's going to be a raucous crowd, a place like Buffalo, where they might, I think they might have had fans there, a, a few in 2020, but it was never a packed house. It's going to be a packed house coming up on Sunday. It's going to be a, an unbelievable environment, and I would expect the Steelers to kind of have to weather that storm. Like I said, they might stumble out of the gates. I don't think fans should get down on them. If they can string together some first downs, flip the field, hey, we're okay. Let's just keep it going. Let's get our feet underneath us. The Steelers are going to be in a unique situation, a situation that half of the NFL is going to be in that's traveling on the road and kind of having to get reacclimated to a hostile environment. I know that Kendrick Green was asked about that this week, about, you know, are they doing silent counts and stuff like that and he basically said look they're practicing everything they're not sure what it's going to be like well i could tell you what it's going to be like the bills mafia is going to be out and they're going to be strong they just need to weather that early storm don't turn the ball over don't make that big mistake and you'll be fine i think the steelers offense will be just fine let's go to the defensive side of the ball before our first break the defensive side of the ball number one make the bills one-dimensional This is something Dick LeBeau used to always preach when he was the defensive coordinator. We want to stop the run. Make them one-dimensional. Make them one-dimensional. Make them, you dictate what they do. And what he meant by that was when you stop the run early, create third and longs. That's what you want. That's what you want to do as a defense when you're that good. And I think the Steelers' defense could be that good. They need to stop the run. Tyson Alulu missed practice on Wednesday that's something to keep an eye on. I haven't gotten the, the Thursday uh, practice report yet when this has been report when this has been recorded. But nonetheless, if he can't play, that's going to be a big loss for the Steelers when it comes to stopping the run. But if they make them one dimensional, I think this is good. That's step number one. Step number two: Don't let opportunities slip through your fingers, both figuratively and literally. We know that Josh Allen can be a little aggressive, and Josh Allen can be a risk taker. It's always been his M.O. He is kind of like one of those young gunslingers. The way they used to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, they now talk about Josh Allen. And they talk about, okay, this is a guy that's going to take some shots. He's going to make some risky throws. If a defensive back gets his hands on the football, you got to bring it down. I can't tell you, and if you were alive for Ike Taylor's career, you know exactly how I feel. How many times had the Steelers fans see a defensive back in position to get his hands on the football, and it slips through their fingers. And my brother, he always says it, hey, they play defense for a reason. He always says if they could catch, they'd be a receiver. And he's right. He is absolutely right. But in this regard, I look at it and say if the Steelers can just take advantage, and that's also the fumble recoveries. The ball goes on the turf. If the Steelers can get it, get all the turnovers you can get, my goodness, it would be a huge step towards winning this football game and upsetting the Bills on the road. you got to win that turnover battle. Don't let those opportunities slip. And lastly, you got to get after Josh Allen, but you have to cone him in. Coning him in, that slogan, that statement, that was very that was made popular. I'm trying to think who the defensive was. It might have been Dick LeBeau. 
but it might have been also Keith Butler. But I remember when Dick LeBeau used to always go up against Michael Vick, whether it was with Philadelphia, whether it was with Atlanta, any of the teams where Michael Vick uh, played, that they played the Steelers, he would always talk about we need to cone him in. And what he mentioned was that as the edge pass rushers would come in and rush the passer, they couldn't be pushed up the arc, which would give Michael Vick an escape route. They want to keep him in the pocket, force him to deliver that pocket, that pass in the pocket, stepping into the pocket, and that's where hopefully back in the day when Dick LeBeau was there, you would have players with his Chris Hoke, whether it was Casey Hampton, Aaron Smith, Brett Kiesel, pushing that pocket into the quarterback, they have nowhere to go. Josh Allen is deceptively athletic, and he will, and he can run the football. The Steelers cannot just go hog wild, pin their ears back, rush the passer, get to the point where he has an easy escape route, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone, 10, 15, 20-yard gain, he's going out of bounds or sliding, and they move the chains. Those plays are deflating. When you defend the play perfectly in the secondary, when you have a good pass rush, but you're just not disciplined enough, cone Josh Allen into the pocket. Get after him. They, I still believe that this Buffalo Bills offensive line is not that great. They can be had, and I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush, which has led the NFL in sacks the last three seasons, is certainly up to the task. I don't care if TJ Watt hasn't played or practiced in team, team drills this season because I don't think he's going to be playing 100% of the snaps. They never do, but I think that if anything, you get Melvin Ingram in there, you get Alex Highsmith in there, and you mix the three up. That'll only help the Steelers pass rush. I guarantee it. Now, Alex Highsmith has a little bit of a groin. He was limited on Wednesday. That's something to keep an eye on, but still, Melvin Ingram was signed for a reason, and I think he's going to have a, maybe not a memorable performance, because I'm not sure if he's going to have that many snaps, but still, I think he's going to make a difference. We'll put it that way, both in the run game and as a pass rusher. So there you have it, folks. On offense, my factors for the Steelers to beat the Bills, run the ball. Convert in crucial situations, weather the early storm. On defense, make the Bills one-dimensional. Don't let opportunities slip through your fingers. Get after Josh Allen, but cone him in. All right, you heard it here first, folks. That's how they got to do it. Will they get it done? We'll be back after this break. Myself, Michael Beck, Coach Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark, as we call him. We're going to break down all the NFL games, let you know what we think about those, and then... I'm going to give you a heart-to-heart at the very end, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's the second segment of the Friday Let's Ride episode. You know what that means. And if you don't know, you should know. And that's right. It's Coach Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark Michael Beck, our deputy editor behind the steel curtain.com, joins us. Michael, what is going on? Oh, not too much hanging in there. Feeling a little bit better after missing Know Your Enemy, but I'm excited to get back on the airwaves here. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, but everyone wants to know. I mean, literally, it's Twitter's been a buzz. How did your first college game go? Were the boys, did, did the troops go out and get you a win? How did they play? What did it look like? Yeah, no, we weren't successful on the field, but to give the guys credit, they battled for all 60 minutes. Uh, things are definitely looking up. Like, there, there's some talent that uh, we got working for us, and uh, I'm excited to get back on the field uh, on Saturday in Oregon. So uh, things are looking up. We're pretty excited out here. Okay, not successful means they lost, in case you're not getting his uh, coach ease there. Um, but, <laughs> hey, I feel like you're Tom. I talked about the Tomlin lines better. Hey, remember, your arrow is pointing up. Like, that's the way we want to go. Are you painting with a broad brush? Do you paint your barn red with that broad brush? We'll work on this, Michael. We'll get you through it, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's already in the barn. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll keep the light on for him. Let's go with uh, the Steelers and Bills. Everyone's, I, I just spent a whole first segment talking about this game, and I gave my keys, both on offense and defense, gave three of, of on each of what I thought the Steelers need to do to win this game. Now, you did a podcast on Tuesday morning on your live mic about why the Steelers will go to Buffalo and beat the Bills. But if you were to narrow it down to just a handful of keys, let's break it down offense and defense. Like, What do you think is imperative for the Steelers to do on Sunday, week one, for them to pull off? And I think everyone, even the most diehard Steeler fan would say would be an upset going into Buffalo and winning that game. Let's start on offense, Michael. What do you think the Steelers need to do on offense to beat the Bills? Right. So first and foremost, just got to completely avoid the turnover. Like we saw last year, Ben Roethlisberger threw that brutal, what, pick six just before yeah. halftime, I think yep. it was. Like the plays like that have to completely be erased. They cannot be doing that going into that hostile territory in Buffalo. And then speaking of that home field advantage, the Steelers need to score early. They need to be the first guys on the board, hopefully build an early lead, something to just try to take Bills Mafia out of this game. And then the, the last key I would say on offense is just uh, the offensive line putting together a nice little day for themselves. We know all offseason long, that's kind of the, the area where a lot of people kind of pointed towards this team and said, this is probably where they may struggle. So if the offensive line can come together, put a, a decent 60 minutes together, then uh, I think uh, they could be successful offensively. So not turning the ball over, getting points on the board early and uh, having a, a nice game for themselves, limiting sacks, limiting TFLs. Uh, along that offensive line, those are the three biggest keys on offense. You know the NFL better than I do. I literally am engulfed in the Steelers 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so a lot of times these other NFL teams, I'm going to be honest, I don't know them as well as others, but you know them better. You know the rest of the NFL better than I do. Look at this Bills defense, though. In your opinion, what are the weaknesses on this Bills defense? Uh, well, I, I think they have a pretty good secondary. Um, I, I like how that's put together. And they got some unproven uh, early draft picks uh, on the edge uh, for their pass rusher. So I, I would say where you can find some success against this team is straight up the middle. Those uh, D tackles and inside linebackers aren't uh, exactly jumping off the page. 
So I think offensively, if the Steelers are going to do anything, it's going to be running between the tackles and throwing the ball over the middle. Uh, we know how talented Trey White is. He's one of the best corners in football. So yeah. uh, you, you may have to limit your throws to whoever the receiver that uh, Trey, White, Trey White may be following or if he's staying on an island uh, on one side of the field, then uh, perhaps you might have to avoid him. But uh, I would say kind of that uh, those shallow routes and uh, running inside zone uh, trap plays, all those uh, things that you do up the middle of the defense is going to uh, be a spot where the Steelers should find some success on Sunday. Also, you talk about over the middle. That's that's tight ends, man. That's Eric Ebron and Firemuth. They should be able to feast on some of those matchups. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball now, Michael. The Steelers defense going against a suddenly a high-powered Bills offense. I want to get your take on this because when I think about the Bills, clearly we know Stefan Diggs. You wrote an article that ran on uh, Thursday about how that's like priority number one for the Steelers is to slow him down. And I agree with you, by the way, you wrote this in the article. You said he is no longer Stefan Diggs is who we're talking about. He is no longer a receiver that you say, we're going to take him out of the game. It's kind of like when Antonio Brown was at his peak, you never took Antonio Brown out of the game. You just wanted to slow him down. I feel like that's where Diggs is now outside of Diggs, They have Emmanuel Sanders who was on the injury report after Wednesday. They have Cole Beasley. I mean, Outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, man, like the, the Buffalo Bills, let's let's start with the Bills offense and then we'll go into the keys for the defense. What else do the Bills have that is really noteworthy on the offensive side of the ball? No, you're exactly right by what you said. Like they have some decent young running backs. Uh, their tight ends aren't all that impressive. Uh, I think Lee Smith is even gone. They're uh, the big uh, offensive lineman looking dude who used to be a tight end there. Uh, I, I think he might even scored against the Steelers last year in one of those embarrassing tight end touchdowns that we've seen a couple times. Sweet, but, uh, sweet. Well, great memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from that, no, uh, offensively, it, it's not anything that jumps off the page. And that's exactly why I wrote that article in a sense where the Steelers should be able to uh, rotate safety help over top of digs or uh, just straight up double team them throughout the game. They got to, they have to slow that guy down and you sacrifice those matchups with those other two receivers and Beasley and Sanders. If Sanders isn't good to go, that's a huge relief for the Steelers. Uh, he is an aging wide receiver, but still, um, still going to be able to slow those guys down, especially when you're not matching them up uh, typically with your top corners. Cause we know Diggs needs that attention. Absolutely. So let's go into some of those defensive keys. I feel you kind of hit on a couple of them there, but what would be your keys to victory for the Steelers on the defensive side of the ball? Well, of course, first and foremost, I wrote the article on it for a reason. If Stefan Diggs goes off for another 150 yards and a couple touchdowns, that's probably not going to be smooth sailing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, one thing I also want to throw out is uh, limiting what Josh Allen can do on his feet, because we know he is a big quarterback, but uh, a lot of people like to compare him to Big Ben, but I would say he uh, runs around a, a lot better than Ben ever did in his career. Yeah, I agree. So uh, not letting him uh, run around, especially on those uh, those passing downs where there's nothing going downfield, stopping him instead of letting him scamper for 10, 15, 20 yards, that would be a huge one. Uh, and then the last thing is just getting to Josh Allen in the backfield as well. Um, the second key was uh, not letting him run the ball. The third one here is like getting him as a drop back passer. Uh, need to rattle his cage, make him want to throw the ball a little bit quicker. Uh, that will also go hand in hand with slowing down Stefan Diggs, not letting him uh, work over the middle or get downfield because we know how successful he can be uh, on those deeper routes. Allen will hold on to the ball and he will take some chances. And so one of the keys that I gave was, I feel like, you know, anytime you play a mobile quarterback, I remember Dick LeBeau always talking about this when he played against his defense, went against a Michael Vick led offense. It was, you got to cone him in. You can't give him that escape route, which you mentioned with the beating with your legs. But I think Josh Allen will take shots and he will take risks. My goodness, if the Steelers 
can get their hands on the football and actually, I mean, how deflating is it when you see a, a think about Joe Hayden in week three or the third preseason game for the Steelers against Detroit, when he could have had an interception, he dropped it. Right. They can't, they can't miss those opportunities. They just can't do it. So good information there, Michael on the Steelers game against the bills. What we want to do though, every Friday to let the listeners know we are going to go down and we are going to rattle off our predictions for the NFL slate of games. He's going to join me. I did this last season. My picks are awful, um, but still, I enjoy doing it. It's fun. We're going to pick against the spread, but against the Steelers, we'll do the Steelers game last, and we will do both straight up and against the spread. So, Michael, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. All right. So, let's get things started. Sunday, 1 o'clock, week one, Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons. The Philadelphia Eagles are getting three and a half points. Jalen Hurts in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, I guess it's still Matt Ryan. Who do you like here, Michael? Uh, it, this is kind of tough because we still don't know what, what the Falcons are. They could be a team that are stepping back. So uh, I, I kind of like Philly with the extra points in this matchup. I agree. I like Philly getting three and a half points. So both of us take the Eagles. Let's go to the next game. One o'clock New York jets, Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold revenge game, whatever you want to call it. Carolina is giving five and a half. Um, what do you think about this game? New York jets, rookie quarterback thoughts. Yeah, no, this is an interesting one. Like you mentioned, Sam Darnold revenge game. He's going to be bringing it all. And then uh, Zach Wilson, he's going to be a, a rookie deer in the headlights. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do in that first game. But I still like Carolina giving five and a half. Christian McCaffrey's healthy. I like Carolina giving five and a half as well. So, so far we agree on the first. <laughs> this is this is disgusting. Let's go Minnesota Vikings. They're giving three and a half playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and company. We know that they have the receiving we have, they have the receivers. I, th- I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a good quarterback. Minnesota with, you know, they have their skill players. Michael, what do you think about this game? Again, Minnesota's giving three and a half points here. Well, the Bengals offensive line is still tragic. Uh, Jamar Chase has struggled. Um, so I'm quite heavily leaning on the Minnesota Vikings train in this one. Uh, I think the Vikings take this with the points. Upset city for me. I'm taking the Bengals to actually win, not straight up, but with points. Give me Cincinnati getting three and a half. I don't like Minnesota. I don't think they're going to be as good as people think. I'll take the Bengals getting three and a half points. All right, let's go to the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. San Francisco is giving eight points. Big spread. Jimmy G is the quarterback. They say that Trey Lance will play some. Detroit, I'm pretty sure they're going to stink. But what do you think, Michael, about this game? Yeah, you said it. Detroit's going to be awful. Um, San Fran, they're finally healthy. Uh, their defense is good at like we know how good that defense can be. Uh, Detroit is just going to struggle offensively if, if we're being real here. So I can see a uh, San Fran. Uh, you said eight and a half. I, I eight, see them just straight up eight. Problem. San Francisco is giving eight. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm taking San Fran with those points. I, I think Detroit's going to be uh, on the wrong side of a, of a number of blowouts this year. This one included. Yeah, Jared Goff can't do it all by himself. I like the Niners giving eight points to cover that spread. That's a big number, though, for week one. Let's go to the next game. AFC South action, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans. Jacksonville with Mr. Lawrence, a quarterback, giving three and a half to the Houston Texans. What do you think about this game? Surprising it was three and a half, but nonetheless, Jacksonville's giving those points. Who do you like? Right, the the dumpster fire matchup of the week. uh, (laughs) Two of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, Houston's awful, um, straight up. Even though Jacksonville was the worst team in the league last year, I still think they cruise to a victory beyond that three and a half points. So I'm taking the Jags minus three and a half. Uh, Houston is just going to be a tire fire. 
I agree. I take I like Jacksonville giving three and a half. Whether Deshaun Watson plays or not is is neither here nor there. I think that this game is going to be going in Jacksonville's favor. Next, Seattle Seahawks. This is still at one o'clock on Sunday. Seattle Seahawks, Indianapolis Colts. I think this is one of the sneaky good games of the week. If I weren't watching the Steelers, I'd probably be wanting to tune into this game. The Seattle Seahawks are giving two and a half. This is a tough game to pick based on the fact that Carson Wentz in a new home, Russell Wilson, we all know what he can do. What do you think about this game, Michael? I still don't think if we officially know whether or not uh, Quinn Nelson or Carson Wentz are actually playing in this one yet. So, so that makes it a little bit interesting. And then I saw a fact the other day that the winningest team since I believe 2010 on the East Coast is the Seattle Seahawks. Wow, They play nice. some of their best football and they're playing out East. So I'm going to take the Seahawks with those points. I think uh, I think they're the, the, the pick of the week here for everything just like lining up perfectly in their favor. I like Seattle as well, giving two and a half. Again, Carson Wentz, he did not play much with the preseason with the foot injury. If he plays it all in week one, if he doesn't, my gosh, take Seattle giving whatever point to but still I like Seattle as well. Let's go to the next game. All right. So let's talk about the Tennessee Titans and the Arizona Cardinals, Tennessee with that loaded wide receiving core and the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, Tennessee is giving three points. How do you see this one shaking out? Oh, this is a tough one because both teams are pretty similar. Um, I think I might like the Cardinals defense a little bit more, but that high powered offense of the Tennessee Titans is one that I'm really starting to lean towards, especially that rushing attack of Derrick Henry. And we know what Ryan Tannehill can do with his legs as well. Uh, throw in uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. I'm really leaning on the Titans with those points. I like Tennessee as well, giving three points to beat the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see how that shakes out. Bud Dupree, will he play? What do you know? I don't know. I think he's healthy. I think they might have him in the lineup. We shall see. Let's go to Los Angeles Chargers and the Washington football team. Los Angeles going across country. They're only giving one point. This is an interesting game based on the fact that the Chargers, they're kind of a media darling with Herbert and but Austin Eckler. He's already banged up. My gosh, the guy can't stay healthy to save his life. Washington football team should be improved. Good defense. Michael, what do you think about this game between the Chargers and Washington? I really like the Chargers, honestly, in this one. I think they're a team that is poised to uh... – Make some noises here. I, I think this is a game that they're going to sneak into Washington and come away with a pretty emphatic victory. I, I think Justin Herbert takes another step forward. And that defense, they're healthy. They haven't been healthy in a, a number of years. I, I think this is an exciting one. I'm taking the Chargers and uh, those extra points. Oh, my gosh. We've agreed on every pick except for one. I like I the Chargers giving one as well. Let's go to 425 on Sunday. This will be a good game. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns in Arrowhead. Kansas City is giving six. I know who we all want to win, but do you think the Chiefs will hold serve at home? Oh, the Chiefs are going to slap the Browns around, and uh, we're going to love every single moment of it. Um, I, I think they, they win with those points. Um, this Chiefs team has been uh, reloaded for another Super Bowl run. I, I think they're going to be one of those top teams in the AFC once again. So I'm definitely leaning on the Chiefs over the Browns uh, with those points. I agree. I think Kansas City wins. I think it's going to be close at times. I think in the second half, they're going to prove to be just too much. I think Kansas City wins, and they cover that six-point spread. The Miami Dolphins are a team that's traveling to New England for the next game, 425. New England Patriots with Mac Jones, Tua with Miami. I feel like this is a coin flip game, but for some reason, the New England Patriots are getting that three-point home, giving three points. Miami's getting three. How do you see this one going? This is a tough one for me to pick. No, you're exactly right. It is a tough one, but uh, I'm leading in New England's favor. Um I think they just made too many additions this year, and I think Mac Jones just does enough to, to manage this game. Uh, Miami still has a ton of question marks. I'm not a tool believer yet. 
Um, so I'm still taking the New England minus those points. I actually like Miami getting three. I don't necessarily think they're going to win it straight up, but I like them getting three points. We will see how this plays out. It should be a good one. Next on 425, still the Green Bay Packers and New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston era begins in New Orleans. Aaron Rodgers is happy-go-lucky again in Green Bay, at least for this season. Green Bay is giving four and a half on the road. Michael, what do you think about this? Because the game's not going to be played in New Orleans due to the hurricane that went through there. How do you see this game playing out? Right. So hopefully Jameis Winston's LASIK eye surgery uh, kind of uh, helps him out and he doesn't throw 30 interceptions again. But uh, (laughs) no, I think this Green Bay team is uh, one, especially because it's at a neutral site, uh, definitely leaning heavily in Green Bay's favor for this one. Uh, New Orleans is still a competitive team, but I still need to see more from them, more of their quarterbacks. There's just a ton of question marks that I just need to see more before I can get on that train. So I'm taking Green Green Bay uh, minus those points. If this was in New Orleans, I would consider having it go maybe with the Saints getting giving points or getting points at home, but it's not. It's a neutral site game. Like you mentioned, I like Green Bay giving four and a half. Let's go to Denver and the New York Giants. Denver is giving three. The Giants at home. Daniel Jones, not sure what to think of him. Obviously, Denver is going with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback. This is a tough one to pick. Michael, who do you like? Oof, this is a tough one. Um, I kind of like Denver. They're a pretty sneaky team. Um, they have a, a good defense. They got good receivers. I like their old line too, as a matter of fact. But it just comes down to a Bridgewater and Locke. So I'm still going to take Denver. I, I think they pull this one out. But uh, they're a team. Uh, if they had a, if they had a good quarterback, they'd be a team that'd be uh, very dangerous in this league. But uh, right now, I'm just uh, I'm a little hesitant on them. But uh, I think they win this game. If there's an ugly game alert whistle or siren that I had, it would be this one. I think this one could be atrocious. It might be really low scoring, but I like Denver even giving three points. Let's go to Sunday night football. The Chicago bears uh, in the Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford with the LA Rams for the first time in his career. I don't think we'll see Justin Fields except for occasionally with the Chicago bears. The Rams are giving seven and a half points. Michael, who do you think wins this one? Oh, this is kind of tough because Chicago still has a pretty good defense, but, uh, the Rams, this high-powered offense, I think uh, they're going to open it up a little bit, see the brand-new Matt Stafford era with these uh, wide receivers. I'm uh, definitely leaning on the Rams, even though they're, they're giving up so many points here. I think they pull it out because they're really just going to try to show the NFL exactly what they got. I think the Rams win as well. I think Matthew Stafford and that team is pretty loaded as well. I think that the, if, if Andy Dalton's a quarterback, I don't believe any team that Andy Dalton is quarterbacking. So we'll put it that way. I'll take the Rams giving a touchdown and a half. And then we go to Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night football. The Baltimore Ravens are giving four and a half on the road across country, Lamar Jackson, but that team has been decimated at the running back position with both J.K. Dobbins out for the year with an ACL, Justice Hill out after rupturing his Achilles tendon. They signed Le'Veon Bell. What in the world? I don't know what to think of this. <laughs> I, I, Las Vegas, I think, is going to be better than people think. Michael, any chance the Raiders hold serve at home and beat the Ravens? It's interesting with what, what you kind of finished off there because I think the Raiders are going to be one of those uh, sneaky bad teams in the NFL this year. I, I think there's a real possibility. They're a team that's picking in the bottom five of the draft. Um, so I'm definitely leaning on, on the Ravens despite their injury troubles right now. I think the defense does enough and uh, continues to make some of those mistakes that he's been making over the past couple of years. He's been their head coach. So I'm taking the Ravens minus that four and a half. I, I think they'd pull it out and they could be one of the, they potentially could be the only FC North team that actually wins uh, in week one. 
Yeah, we'll see. I like the Ravens as well, giving four and a half. You mentioned the AFC North teams. Let's go back to the final game of the week for us. The Pittsburgh Steelers are getting, getting six and a half points on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Michael, we talked about the keys to victory. How do you see this shaking out? What's the score prediction? And do you have the Steelers having any chance to win in this game? To me, the six and a half points is ridiculous because the Steelers are still at the, at the end of the day, even if like all the predictions are true from what the national media is saying, they're still going to have a top two defense in the NFL. This, this group is still has all their talent and they added to it throughout this off season. So there's no way they're really going to lose many matchups uh, by more than a touchdown. They're just going to be low scoring affairs to begin with. I do have the bills winning this game by a score of 24, 21, but uh, that still leads the Steelers plus six and a half to uh, cover the spread. I actually like the Steelers to pull off the upset here. I like the Steelers. It's going to be a field goal game. I think Chris Boswell nails it with time expires 27, 24. The Steelers obviously have them on the money line. I also have the Steelers getting the points. I think we both agree that it's going to be a close game. And I will be one that even says, Michael, if your prediction comes true and you aren't the only one and the Steelers keep this thing close, I think the Steelers fan base is going to have a little bit of some, some positivity leaving this. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. There's been a lot of negativity coming out the last few the last few weeks, really, for whatever reason. But uh, no, I, I think a, a close game, a victory would definitely uh, set the fan fan base ablaze. But uh, even a close game, I think, would uh, change some people's uh, minds and put this team in a positive direction. I agree 100 percent. All right. Well, Mike, away. good luck this weekend at your game. And we'll be talking next Friday. And we appreciate you taking some time. Yeah. Thank you, sir. My pleasure as always. All right. Take it easy. All right, folks, and a big thank you to Michael Beck, as always, who joins our show every Friday to talk about all things Steelers. I appreciate him taking the time. want to finish this up, as I always do, every Friday with a little heart-to-heart. So here we are on the cusp of a new season. The 2021 regular season is upon us. And last season was, I guess you want to call it an aberration for a lot of reasons. No fans in the stands and... Everyone was kind of, you know, staying at home, and I understand that. So here's the thing. If you're someone that's not going to go to the game, that's fine. I don't go to games either. Here's what I think you all should do, and I should do it as well. Start anew. Start a new tradition. Whether it's just you sitting at home in your living room by yourself, whether that's with you and your family, whether that's you and some friends from work who all root for the Steelers, create a new tradition of some kind. Maybe it's, hey, when the Steelers, well, I, do, I do this already. When the Steelers run the road, we'll wear our white jerseys. If they're playing at home, we'll wear their black. Uh, you'll do offensive players one day, defensive players another day. Everyone bring your terrible towel. Let's have, um, uh, let's theme up food during the games based on who they're playing. So this week they play the Bills. Let's do some hot wings, some Buffalo hot wings or something like that. Make it fun. Enjoy the season. Enjoy football being back. It's exciting. I still can't believe that that's what's... I can't believe football is back already. It's incredible. But still, enjoy it. Create some traditions. Make it unique. Make it you. That's what you should do because you'll enjoy it even more. That's my advice for you as we start this 2021 regular season. And my other advice is make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. I really do believe that, and I'm not the only one. I'll tell you that for sure. And wherever you get your podcasts, or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, so you do not miss a thing. As we always finish it out here, folks, be safe. 
Be kind and God bless. I'll see you all Sunday after the game for the post game show. Otherwise, have a great weekend. Go Steelers. Let's get a W. Talk to you later.